Hi, welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Roxo, author of Fuck Like a Goddess, creator of Radical Awakenings, transformational coach, and student of life. I'm here to stand with you asking questions about what is sacred and what is profane and the space between. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. I want to tell you about our sponsor today, Beducated. Beducated is an online site that has classes and courses focused on love, sex, and intimacy. Even a great class called Roadmap to Intimacy, which really works with this podcast and all the conversations here and the ones that I have with my clients and with you. So right now, Beducated is offering a huge Black Friday sale where you can try all Beducated courses for one day for free and you can cancel at any time. Plus, you get a permanent 60% off the yearly pass with my link in the show notes and my coupon code HOLY. This incredible discount is available to sign up for now until the end of November only. So it's a great time to take advantage and start studying up. And you'll be locked in for life at the discounted rate. They have over 80 courses on their site, very beautifully curated. They're really experts in the field. So it's a safe space to explore your sexuality and your intimacy and relationship without having to go, you know, to Google. So use my link in the show notes below and my coupon code HOLY and take advantage of the 60% off the yearly pass before the end of this month to lock in the price. I hope you have fun exploring their site. Now let's move on to the episode. All right. Hi, everybody. I am here for another solo podcast with you. Um, I want you guys to keep sending questions, and I know I haven't prompted that in a hot minute, So, um, but I do want to. And um, yeah, I'm also curious, if you love a podcast, tell me. We've had some great people on recently, Vicky Noble, my friends, Daniela Rabani, Adriana Rizzolo, Stoya, iconic. Um, and I would love to hear what resonated with you, what you loved, what stood out. I just think there's such an essential part of uh, exchange and reciprocity when we're taking in free content to... Um, you know, to honor in a little way. I at least love that. I'm such a relational being. I get off on love. I'm a love-driven being. And so when I get um, response from you all about like, oh, I love that podcast that really touched me, it, it, it creates a relationship, right? It's not just like a one-sided place where of taking, right? Of consuming and consumption, but we create community. And community is so important for me. And so in a world where, you know, it could be so easy for all of us to just kind of consume and take in and not create community or relationality from that consumption, or we can do it differently. I mean, I know, um, I have had the audacity at times to reach out to like celebrities that I admire, um, and say like, I fucking love you in this thing. And to be honest, I've gotten amazing responses from people over the years, um, whether it's an author or an actor or a singer. Um, I have people have always written me back, you know, to be completely honest. Um, maybe I should do that with Alexander Skarsgård. No, he doesn't have an IG. Um, he's one of my, my big crushes. I don't know if you guys saw The Northman. 
I know I mentioned before that I have studied Viking Norse mythology and one of my shamanic teachers, um, she does a, a practice um, that is around, that is staff channeling and it's um, an ancient kind of priestess practice from um, the Northern lands um, that was like a, a, a medicine woman, wise woman, priestess, uh, seeress practice. Anyway, I studied with her. I didn't study, I didn't get kind of initiated into that tradition, though I considered it. Um, but I did study some with her in general. <clears throat> and um, it, it opened the door for me to um, understand some of my own Germanic and Northern roots. And I think when we are on the spiritual path and we are coming from potentially a culture that has no true spiritual through line. We look back, we look everywhere. We're hungry, we're needing ground, we're needing to be nourished spiritually. And when we look to our own culture and there are no traditions and there are no things that, that bring us into a deeper knowing of ourselves, then we have to look elsewhere. And this is a very tender conversation, right? And maybe that's not true for your family, from your, your community. Maybe there is a spiritual through line. Maybe there is a spiritual nourishment in the home. Maybe the tradition and ritual is something that you are given by your grandmothers and your moms. And if so, that's that's really incredible. I think for many of us, we are like these, these children of no, no spiritual through line. And the more and more we get away from, uh, we get closer to rational culture, rationalizing everything, the further we get away from the mystery and the honoring of the big and great unknown that many of the spiritual traditions did and do, right? they don't try to figure everything out. That is just like this, you know, Western mind of rationalism who wants to know everything. How do I do this? And when can I get this? As we seek spiritual nourishment, we, speak a, we seek a spiritual through line in our own lives. Sometimes that tra it transcends where we came from. And sometimes we have to look back five generations and go, well, what were my ancestors doing? How were they praying? How were they communing? How are they coming together? And so it's been such a beautiful opportunity for me at times to look back to my sort of Western European mutt background and go like, where the hell do I come from? And what kind of spiritual traditions are in my blood? Anyway, one of those <laughs> that has drawn me has been through studying um, some of the old, old, old um, Northern European as well, uh, ritual and lore and mythology as well. Um, so I brought that in just because I was talking about Alexander Skarsgård, who's one of my crushes, always from True Blood. And I watched the movie The Northman. I don't know if you guys saw it. There are some really gorgeous depictions of ritual in that film. It's very violent. I do not condone the violence of, that humanity continues to perpetuate. But some of the ritual is very profound to, to watch in a film. And some of the magic. Bjork plays this incredible incredible, like, I don't know, like, witch, fairy, I don't even know what she is, but it's, it's really, um, really beautiful. Um, and it, why did it talk about like, oh, I was just <laughs> I was talking about emailing and DMing the people that you love and saying, thank you. And how beautiful that is. Um, and how I think when I was like, when I just was, uh, left Georgia to go to NYU, when I was 18, like I, 
we didn't have money. My mom was a single mom. Like we were in debt. Like there was just no way that I was going to be able to afford New York University. But I like got loans, got scholarships. I worked my whole way through and I was like, I'm going to fucking New York City. Because I knew my soul had been awakened there when I was 14, 15. I went on a theater trip and I felt like I came home. And that was the first time I had felt something like that in my body. And I was like, oh my God, I'm home. So I knew I had to go back. And once I got to New York, I realized that like all my favorite actors and celebrities were everywhere. They were on the street in real life. (laughs) And I was so innocent at the time. And I was so in my heart that I would walk up to them and say, you're incredible. You have changed my life. And it would, I would always get met with love. It's so wild. I had experiences with, I went up to Carrie Russell and I was like, sort of you're one of the inspirations for why I came to NYU watching Felicity (laughs) and she was so short and cute and like had curly hair like me and that just felt really beautiful and one time I saw Liv Tyler on the street and she looked like an angel like it was on Fifth Avenue and this was like I don't know almost 20 years ago and I just remember being like she's an angel and like going up to her and like I don't know I don't think I spoke to her I think maybe I just smiled at her um, and it was so beautiful. And it was so funny because a few months ago, she watched my stories on Instagram and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I have no idea how that happened. Life's funny. There were some other people that I saw and approached. And, you know, I think there's a naivete of being that young at this point in my life. I probably wouldn't. I'm way too cool to go up to somebody and be like, I love your work. You know, um, I say that. I say that tongue in cheek, that that maybe is not true. Um, but as we get older, we do kind of adopt these facades of like, well, you know, I don't know. I don't want to write Alexandra. Like maybe she's busy, uh, you know, and it's not true. It's like, no, say hi, say, oh, I was touched by this. I love this part of the podcast. I'm listening. Um, Because those of us who are creators out in the world, we're creating for you. We're not creating in a vacuum. We're creating because we want to touch you. We want to connect with you. Like art made in a vacuum, no one experiences it. Art is made as a relational um, experience. And whether the art is the art of a podcast or poetry or writing or a book or um, an immersive experience, it's all a relational uh, act. And so I'm so all for the graciousness of receiving, um, of being, you know, uh, expressed in your love and appreciation for the people that you're honoring. And you might get surprised, you know, you might write someone and be like, oh my God, they just wrote me back on social media. I mean, I think that's a kind of an amazing thing about social media is that a lot of like people that we love are running their own social medias, you know? And so there's a deeper point of access and maybe not everybody, you know, Alexander Skarsgård does not have an IG from what I've seen, Um, but, but there are many people who you can just reach out to and say, you know, I loved your work. Sometimes we do that when there's musicians coming into town that we want to just be like, Hey, like, um, I know you're coming into town and I would love to host you for tea at my house. We did that with a musician who, um, my partner really liked his work and, the guy came over and we went to see, and then we were in Mexico city. We went to see him at his, um, 
at a concert he was playing and like created a connection. And um, there's something so cool about that. And I've definitely felt that with different women who've been in my programs who are like, I'm rolling through town. Like, do you have time to have a hug or a walk? And, um, you know, there's something to creating community, like other awakened heart-led beings that are walking together. And we're not just in this kind of like self-capitalist, like I'm an entrepreneur doing my thing. I don't have time for community. I'm at the, I'm at the top of the, tr- top of the, you know, ladder or triangle or whatever it is. And I don't believe in that. Um, trying to think if there's anyone else. I definitely have had moments where I reached out to people I had crushes on and like sort of asked them out. <laughs> I definitely don't, haven't done in quite a long time, but I used to have the audacity. And I actually did that with a very famous actor who was also friends with some of my friends. So it wasn't like just out of nowhere, but I definitely like slid into his, like, I don't know. I followed him on Twitter and then he followed me back or something. This was over a decade ago. Um, and then I wrote him on Twitter, like, oh, I've heard so much about you, um, and ended up, uh, having a love affair, which was really sweet. There's something to creating a space of belonging in your life that has that spiritual nourishment. And for me, that's one of the reasons why I so love creating those spaces that aren't necessarily lineage-based. Um, they, they're influenced by my many, many years of study, and I've studied so much, and I have gone and trained with incredible teachers and masters so that I can bring that into my life experience, but not necessarily so that I adhere to a certain dogma that then I sort of proliferate outward. Instead, it's like I am experiencing the spiritual nourishment that exists on this planet and then finding where my two feet kind of land here. And they land in a simple place. I feel like there is a simplicity to coming back to the basics and finding the spiritual thread in the mundane, in the way that we cook, the way that we clean, the way that we sing, the way that we make love, bringing tradition and ritual into the home. Um, I attended the workshop of uh, someone who's been on the podcast, Eve Bradford, who's incredible, whose wedding I was also at last month, which is so magnificent. Um And Eve was talking about in uh, her workshop um, that I did, which was about transitioning from uh, the summer to the fall and from the yang to the yin in a post-Taoist tradition is what what she studied. And she and my partner both studied with the same teacher and studied uh, mythosomatic qigong, very, very beautiful practice, which I practice with him sometimes. And it's, it's really incredible. And, um, and they're both practitioners of tea. So they, they lead and hold tea ceremony for friends, for themselves. It's a deep meditation and ritual. And, um, you know, Eve was, was talking about, and I'm paraphrasing in a way, but like the, the, the energy and the magnitude of that all of our choices hold via, um, I would say, uh, 
It's like, instead of just buying a bunch of stuff and crafting our lives quickly um, and, and buying things that are disposable, it's like letting things be slow and letting our whole existence be almost this collage of the experiences of who we are. And so nothing is kind of in this realm of kind of casual unconscious, which is very hard. Like I'm staring at this big yoga mat in my practice room studio that I got on Amazon. You know, there's no story behind this yoga mat, except that it's on Amazon. It's probably made of something funky. But then in front of me, I have this piece, this cloth that I bought in Costa Rica after I was at Soltara. And I have this book that it's a used book. It's the Marquis de Sade, which is a funny book, but it's a big, thick book. And I don't really read it, but I keep it around. Um, and so there are these, and then I have this mala right here that Ram Dass blessed for me at his retreat in, in Hawaii two years before he passed. And so I have these objects, which Eve called ones, not just objects, because like in an animist tradition, which is like implies that there's a spirit in everything. Um, I also have a beautiful ayahuasca cloth that I think, I think this ex-lover, he brought me two cloths, I think, or did I get that one? I need to ask him. I'm going to ask him. He, I think he brought me two ayahuasca cloths and one I am um, from Peru and one I framed. And the other one is upstairs on my altar to vote. And it's a Mother Mary cloth, which is so beautiful. So in kind of growing up in a culture of, of, of capitalism and consumerism, we get to rewrite that story by creating our rituals, creating our circles, creating um, our homes that aren't just a bunch of crap that we've bought online. I mean, and I say that tongue in cheek, like, I'm so sorry, I'm not trying to judge that style of living, but it has so much less energetic um, sustenance for our souls. Like there's just less sustenance there. Um, I'm also looking at my wall here and like, there's this gorgeous, uh, printout of my astrology, my chart that this woman sent me that was so kind. And then there's also a framed program from a talk that I gave at the Noya house in LA called, um, Holy fuck, love, sex, and spiritual, spiritual connection in the digital age. And so it's constructing a life where, there's meaning and spiritual sustenance all around us and nourishment. And so that's what I try to do when women come into my programs is to create a, a space of spiritual sustenance and nourishment and a place where we can fully be and inhabit our authentic, fullest selves without shame, even our most freaky parts that seem really weird and fucked up, but bringing those in and not feeling ashamed and letting them come be a part of the ritual too, you know, come be in here too. Um, and that's a choice. We get to make a choice in today's world. Do we stay in that place of just like consumerism and getting things done and doing things quickly and making our house beautiful fast? Again, no, like no shaming there. I did that. I bought it with my house in Venice in LA. I bought a bunch of stuff from West Elm and it doesn't feel good. There's no spirit in it. I can't look at it and feel the spirit of the peace. And so making choices where we can feel our lives deeply and it's not disposable. Our lives are not disposable, but they're rich with meaning. Um, and this is, if we look back to a lot of traditional cultures, like this, this, that was just a part of 
part of life, right? That the things you wear, the jewelry, the way you wear your hair, all of it is tied into how you experience spirit and, and life moving through you. So I don't know why I brought that in today. I just, I think it just came to me whenever I do these, these solo podcasts, I just go into channeling, even though I can make notes, but then eventually I'm just like channeling, um, and questioning and questioning in our world today where things feel quite chaotic. And, you know, I was listening to a talk the other day about like transhumanism and, um, some of the Silicon Valley big CEOs saying, we're going to create God and feeling like in my heart, this like, wow, uh, where's the spirit and the soul if we, uh, sort of merge with technology and, um, we go further away from nature. And maybe I'm a little bit of a traditionalist in this way. Um, I don't know if that's quite the word, but I believe in returning to nature and returning to the cycles and noticing the cycles and being in more in communion with them instead of uh, further away. And I think that that is at stake right now. Um, and, and it's it's very seductive, I think, to go further away further into um, technology and further away from the the kind of um, the kind of like density of the flesh and of blood and guts and um, you know the parts of living that feel really kind of human and, and tough, right? Um, so this is a bit of a meander <laughs> today. It's a bit of a meander around belonging, around creating spiritual sustenance in our lives, around how we um, curate our lives to hold the meaning and the magic that we seek and uh, yearn for on a deeper level, instead of reaching for sort of like the candy surface version, which is almost like, it's almost like sugar. It, it, it touches the spot quickly and then it the craving comes back, you know? And I think when we don't have the deeper spiritual sustenance in our life of belonging, of spiritual community, of sangha, of being witnessed and loved and held by each other, when we're always trying to keep up with the Joneses and like keep a mask of everything is okay and I'm getting everything done and like life is great, but underneath it, we're not having a place to fall apart together and to melt together and to grieve together and to be seen in our, in our pain together, then we aren't living a full life. And so my aim is always to, um, to normalize and to, uh, accept and call forward and give your, give your pain a space to be held and a space to be cradled and nurtured and actually allow that to be a part of your spiritual practice. Not only your passion and your sex and your art and your eros and your like, for life, but like also your pain, that there is no shame in your pain and in, in your insecurity and in your longings. And that in the space of spiritual community and ritual, all of that is welcome. All of it is welcome, not only welcome, but necessary. And when we leave it out and we sort of try to like clean up our inner world and our outer world to the extent that it, um, all of that kind of stays locked and tucked away, 
then we isolate ourselves. It feels very lonely to go into a spiritual community and only be allowed to be sensual and beautiful and sweet and deep or whatever, and to keep these other parts of ourselves out. So my aim is always to like call it all into our circles, put it all into the center of the circle of our fire, the fire and the hearth of the circle. That's like, okay, what are we going to lay down at the altar of our community today? What is it? The deepest, the darkest, the funkiest. Um, and this is just being an embodied, radically honest, heart-led woman. It's a part of it. It's like we're, we're curious. We're on the path. We're looking for belonging. We're looking for culture. We're looking for home. We're looking for meaning. And we can just keep getting stuck in the top level of what do I need to get done next? And how do I need to get it done? And what's my next goal to meet? Or we can go time out. Let me drop into my roots, drop into my belly, drop into my pelvis and really slow down and feel what is here. Take note what's happening around me. How am I living this life? What am I tied into? What traditions am I living into? What rituals am I living into? Who's holding me in this process? Because the other thing is, if we've been stuck in the busy and the surface, we cannot all of a sudden just shift it overnight. We need to be in years of uh, spiritual community with others in order to make those shifts. Years. I said that. Years. Years. I mean that. Years. It takes years before you start praying with your meals, honoring the lunar cycles, doing ritual, doing prayer, being radically honest when it's time, bringing your grief, your rage, all of you forward. Sourcing spiritual sustenance in community, in connection. Not hiding parts of yourself or locking them away only for your therapist. <laughs> I've done that for sure. But then I love bringing them forward. It feels so liberating to bring them forward. So that is my meander for you today. So good to have you here in this place of contemplation of question, curiosity, and connection. I'm here with you. We're creating community and connection together. Okay, hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and hit me up, send me a DM, stay in contact. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all of that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.